Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning again. So uh, I have another video that I wanted to show you in this service, but because um, of kind of where the time's at, you guys are going to get that via social media this, uh, this week. So make sure that you are looking at our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages this week, and you'll get that little information. It really has to do with our Project Nourish. I was talking with Chad Eisenhart from um, Foursquare Disaster Relief. He just got back from northern Uganda, where there's a massive crisis, humanitarian crisis going on there uh, with famine. So be looking out for that. Well, fall is upon us. Uh, We went from extreme heat to probably the real weather that we should be getting. It now feels like we can go to fairs. Now, anybody been to the Deerfield Fair? Yeah, it was a lot of fun for those of you who went, unless you went on those spinny rides and you didn't feel so good afterwards. I stay away from those things. Well, I, I just want to tell you one, uh, one bad fall joke. Um, are you okay with one really bad joke for just to start us off here? So how, do, how does an elephant get out of a tree? Uh, he has to climb on a leaf and wait for it to fall. I mean, it's just like, who comes up with these things? That is so bad that some of you are like, you just wasted 15 seconds of my life on that. Well, I want to, I want to just crank right into the message. Um, so we're, we're tracking on this, the righteous ones. There will be a time. My heart is really that is to prepare this church for that time when Jesus comes back. And by the way, Yes, September 23rd came and went, and Jesus didn't come. If any of you are thinking that the, the stars and the, uh, the planets aligned. But, but guess what? There was a star in the sky at some point in time, and Jesus came to earth. Just like there will be a point in time where there are signs, which, by the way, the signs of the times are such that he can come back any time. But the Bible says he comes like a thief in the night. We do not know. Nobody knows the hour or the time of which he will come. So it doesn't mean just because he didn't come on, you know, how many times do we, everybody says he coming in 2000, Y2K, everybody remember that? There was another one there not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And then this one, it's like, then it's very easy. We can get complacent saying, well, he's not coming back. So why worry about it? Guess what? He's coming back. And you don't know when he's going to come back. You need to live every day prepared because the time he comes back, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and you have to ask yourself, am I going to be a sheep, or am I going to be a goat? And he gives us some, some qualifications. He says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me, and he includes that in that time of his return, of the separation of the sheep and the goats. So we've talked about that. We've talked about last week of those who listen to the Father, listen to the Holy Spirit, And we're training our ears to do what the Father is saying. Today, I'm going to be talking about obedience. Oh, come on now. We don't like this one. I know we don't. How many of you teenagers loved or young people love to be obedient to mom and dad? Mom and dad gave a little cheer on that one. I didn't hear any teenagers do it. No, we have to train our kids to learn obedience. The scripture said that Jesus himself had to learn how to be trained into obedience, but so much so that he went to the cross for us. Imagine that. Jesus chose to go to the cross 
for you and I. Because his father asked that of him. So remember, let's turn to uh, your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, hold, that up, hold them up in the air for a second with me. I love it, love it. Now, if you have a device, hold that up. You can find the scripture on that as well. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I will wait for you. It will not be on the screen. So if you're thinking, oh, I, I just, I'll wait for it to show up on the screen. It's not going to be there. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. By the way, our works won't save us. We said it's our, our faith alone. But those who start our journey, who believe in Jesus Christ, but then listen to the voice of the Spirit. So it's our proclamation and demonstration is what we talked about last week. Matthew chapter 7, 21 says this, starting in verse 21. We've talked about this before. I want to remind you what this verse says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The one who does the will of the Father. Can everybody just say that word will for a second? Will. Okay, so when you, when somebody passes away and they've written a will, it is... What? It's the wishes of that person that get executed, right? And so the, the Father in heaven has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. And he's saying, those who will enter the kingdom of heaven are those who do the will, who execute the desire of the Father. Okay. So let's keep reading. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from you. Depart from me, you, you workers of lawlessness. Many will say, God, didn't we do all these things in your name? He's going to say, wait, I didn't know you. And we've talked about this knowing. This knowing is this level of relationship and intimacy with the Father. So this knowing happens by doing the will of the Father. Now, some of you who are younger Christians who are saying, wait a second, am I going to be held accountable to understand God's voice and do what he says? Yes, <laughs> you are. But it's a journey, and I want you to not get discouraged because some of you are like, well, I can't hear God. We've talked about it also several weeks ago. We said it, it, his voice is found in two ways. The word of God is God's voice written down for us. So there's a starting point to doing the will of the Father. Find out what he's asking you to do or not do and do this. There's two forms of his word. There's the logos word. It's a Greek word. And then there's the rhema word. There's two different kinds. The logos word is the written word. The rhema is when you say, I feel like God is asking this of me. I just saw somebody this morning and, and she said, I really feel God is prompting me to go work with, in the FEMA, uh, with FEMA for a month. Leave my job for a month and go work there. She's responding to the rhema word, the quickened word, 
of the Holy Spirit speaking to her, and she's responding in obedience to that. But there's two kinds. And if you want to train your ears to hear what God sounds like, start in the Word of God. So none of you have an excuse. You have a device. You, if, even if you don't have a Bible, you should be in your Bibles and be saying, God, what are you asking of me? What is, are your instructions? A great example of how he goes on and talks about this rhema versus logos word and how our accountability is going to be in our obedience to him. We want to look at Matthew chapter 19. If you'll turn with me, we're already in Matthew, so just flip over a few pages. I am going a little rapid fire here. Stay with me. You don't want to miss out on on some of these things here. Remember, our topic is obedience. There's going to be a point in time. He's going to separate the sheep and the goats, and whether we do the will of the Father, so we need to understand what he's saying. The key is going to be, are we willing to obey? Well, the rich young ruler, this is the story that Jesus tells here, uh, or Matthew tells as he's written down, Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it a little bit, but this rich man comes up to Jesus and he says, what might I do to inherit uh, the kingdom of God? And Jesus said to him, uh, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, You shall not steal. You should not bear false witness or lie. Honor your father and mother. Kids. How many kids are in this room? Raise your hand. If you're under 20. If you're under 20, raise your hand. All right. Honor your father and mother. That's a good thing. It comes with a blessing. You should do this. Okay, then the young man said to him, said to Jesus. These were Jesus' words saying, have you done all these things? He said, all of these I've kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you, would, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. So the interesting thing, Jesus first talks about the Logos word. That rich young ruler already knew what was written in the Old Testament. He was basically quoting a lot of the Ten Commandments. But then Jesus gives the rhema word, which says, hey, by the way, it's not biblical that everybody has to sell all their possessions to to do it. But this is Jesus went after the heart. He knew what was attached to that man's heart, this rich young ruler. And he says, go sell everything you have and come follow me. And here is the moment in time that he had to make that decision. Am I going to obey? What would you do if Jesus asked you to sell everything you have, give it away to the poor, to follow Jesus? Gulp. But guess what? Each one of us are going to have to come face to face with our own what Jesus is going to say to us. Okay, quickly flip over to Acts Here's another story. This is talking about now the rhema word of of God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to us, and will we act in obedience to what he is saying? Acts chapter 8. This is an account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Real quick on this story is, this is after 
Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes down. Philip, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, um, has already spent some time in Samaria. And now the angel in verse 26, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts 8, 26. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, so the Spirit of God, angel, you might say, well, I'd do it if an angel told me. Well, how many times do maybe we encounter angels that we don't even know? But even let's just say the Spirit of God said, okay, go here. Now he does, and on this journey to the, um, down this road, so he rose and he went, he obeyed. Now, picking up on verse 20, 27, and he rose and went, and there was the Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the, from the prophet Isaiah, an Old Testament book. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him. Can you say ran to him? So the spirit of God spoke, rhema word, and Philip ran in obedience to the Ethiopian. Long story short, the Ethiopian gives his life to the Lord. They go for a little chariot ride and they say, well, what prevents me from being baptized? And they get baptized and the spirit of the Lord took Philip away. Fascinating story. But the part that I love in this, that Philip's ears were trained to hear the voice of God and he acted in obedience, but he didn't just act. He acted with a sense of urgency. He ran to meet that Ethiopian eunuch. Now, the interesting thing, we're talking about the least of these. The least of these in this story is the Ethiopian eunuch. He's a black guy. He's castrated. Ouch. And... Sorry, I, I went visual in my mind there for a minute, and I expressed it. My apologies. And, and then, then, he went to worship, but guess what? He would not be, be able to go into the temple courts because he was considered unclean. He wasn't whole. And so here he's a pretty a marginalized guy. He's probably a Gentile, maybe a Jew, even though he went to worship. He's probably a Gentile. So at that point in time, he was not really a religious guy. And here, the Spirit of God comes to a marginalized, least of these kind of guy. And he uses Philip to run to him, to share with him the hope found in this passage that he was reading. And by the way, he was reading from Isaiah that was talking about Jesus, this lamb being led to the... like. Um, going to a slaughter. And he brings a story around to Jesus. When the Spirit of God speaks to you and he asks you to go, it will always be a part of Jesus' story when he asks you to go. He always leads us to talk about Jesus. The question is, when he, the Spirit of God says something, will you act in obedience? And it starts really easy by what is the Word of God said. If you are having sex outside of marriage... It says in the Bible, don't do it. That's called obedience to the word of God. Don't do it. If you're getting drunk on the weekends, the Bible says, drunk, not drinking, drunkenness is, don't do it. 
It's pretty clear what is already in the Bible. Now, some of you say, well, guess what? If I don't read, then I won't be held accountable. (laughs) Why are you laughing at that? Because you've done it. All right. But he's saying, guess what? The Spirit of God will also draw us to truth. And so we should be desiring, because all sin does is it leaves you empty, and the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it leaves you empty, And a broken heart that we talked about this morning. But God wants to make us whole and give us life, freedom, and wholeness. Okay. Real quick. Obedience will require our will to cross God's will. Obedience. There's a slide. Because what happens is when the Bible says pick up your cross daily, I believe that's what it means. That our will has to die to the will of the Father. We, we're selfish just by nature. That's our sinful nature. We're selfish. And so we've got to die to ourself and say, what are you asking of me, Father? And then be obedient to that. Obedience is an act of our will, not a response to our feelings. Ooh, well, I don't feel like it. I've heard that from my kids. It doesn't matter what you feel like. I'm asking you to do it. (laughs) I don't feel, I don't have the right feelings. He, He doesn't care about your feelings. He does, but here's what I'm saying. Don't get wrapped up in an emotional part of this. You have to say, what is God saying? And then do it. Now, here's the reality is he does lead by peace. So look for the Prince of Peace. And look for the confirmation in the word. And if you're, if you're not sure, because the enemy will start whispering crazy things to you too. Confirm in the word, go to another fellow believer and say, does this sound like the Lord to you? Until your ears get trained enough to know that it's the spirit of God speaking to you. Speaking about the least of these, if I can have Kalen and Phil join me up here for a moment. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there has been a a suicide um, two weeks ago in Merrimack Valley, a child from Merrimack Valley. There's a suicide that took place in Concord High School. Um, There's just drugs rampant. There's just uh, this, this such desperation amongst our youth. The least of these today are our young people that are walking in our schools who are so lost, who are so depressed, who are so broken. So much so that they're hopeless to the place they take their life. Or they mask the feeling through sex, drugs. The old adage back in the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't know where rock and roll went, but they mask themselves with all these things. The reason I've asked Kaylin and fail to come up is because they're responding in obedience to what God is calling them to. To reach out to the least of these. As you know, Phil and Kalen run FCA um, in New Hampshire, which is Fellowship Christian Athletes. And they're starting these clubs in all of these schools around the state. How, how many schools do you guys have? 23. 23. 23 schools. 
Sorry, I need to give you a microphone, but we're going to like do this for real quick here. I have you up here because I want to pray for you. There's a couple things going on. One, these clubs are starting up and you're seeing... Well, just tell us real quick, Phil, if you can make it quick. Yeah, so we... Uh... I would give you just sort of like reference. So three years ago, uh, when we started with FCA, we were on two campuses, and today it's at 23 campuses. Uh, and three years ago, we were working with about 50 students every week, and now it's over 330 kids on campus every single week. Uh, last spring, last spring alone, we saw 40 students give their lives to Jesus Christ on our public school campuses. Uh, and just, just in reference to that, most youth groups in our state aren't 40 kids. Um, so God just is breaking loose. So that's really like bragging on what God is doing on our campuses right now. So the interesting thing, oh, my hip just gave out there for a second. But the interesting thing, I'm getting old. All right, the interesting thing on this is, guess what? This is outside the church. See, when Philip went, when the Holy Spirit came on Philip, he says, go on this road that's going from Jerusalem to Gaza. I believe what God is, when he speaks to us, he's going to speak to us to say, Go. Not stay and be a little holy huddle. He's going to say, go. Go find people who don't know Jesus and, and tell him about the hope of Jesus Christ. And Kaylin and Phil are responding to that. And so now in public schools, 23 public schools, we have these, these groups that are taking place where Jesus is the center. Kaylin was telling me not too long ago, the, the school are saying, would you please come? We got to send kids to that because we, we don't have any answers any longer for these kids. But they see the hope that comes by people who will love on these kids. Kaylin, you look pregnant. That is because you are pregnant. Oh, man. It's a good thing I knew that because that is a faux pas. All right. Don't ever ask a woman if you don't know if she... Just don't go there. Well, um, can I have the elders just come over? We just want to pray for Kale and Phil. They are having a One Nation conference at Concord High School uh, in November. And we just want to uphold them in prayer that so many kids would come and experience the presence of God. That is what people need today. They don't need more stuff. They don't need more media. They don't need more friends. They, they need the presence of God. And they need Jesus. And they need Jesus. So let's just pray with me. Father, we thank you for Kaylin and Phil, who have responded to your Holy Spirit in obedience and have said yes to you. Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to multiply these groups and these schools, that you would just give these kids that, that they're pouring into the courage to talk to their friends about Jesus. Father, as they prepare for this One Nation Conference, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just fill that high school with kids who are hungry for you. Not just the Christian kids, but God, kids that don't know you, that can experience your presence for the first time in their life, that you're going to fill all those dark, desperate crevices of their life. Father, I pray that they're a representation of others in this room who are going to say yes to you. In ways like this, that they're going to say, I'm going to go outside this church and I am going to respond to what your spirit is saying. 
And I'm going to run in obedience. Run in obedience to your voice. Father, we don't know when you're coming back, but Father, my sense is that there's this stirring of saying we need to get ready. And that there's so many people who don't know you yet. So Lord, I thank you for Kaylin and Phil who are pursuing the kids in our schools. But God, I pray for each one of us. We encounter people at our work. We encounter people in our towns, in our cities. Let us be in tune to that rhema word, that that quickening of what your Holy Spirit is saying. Let's be true to what your word says and act in obedience. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, thank you guys. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Well, 10.59, man, we were making it. Well, I just want to say, church, don't get discouraged. If you don't hear the voice of God yet, pursue his voice. Pursue him. Be in the word of God. Start acting on obedience to the things that you already know. And that journey of obedience will allow you to begin to hear the quickening of what the Holy Spirit is saying. Our series after this, by the way, um, is going to be a series called The Jesus Inside Us. It's going to be a whole series on the Holy Spirit. So if you're saying, I don't really know about the Holy Spirit, and I, it kind of intimidates me a little bit, we're actually going to be doing a whole series on, on the Holy Spirit. And so be looking for that. Look to your social media again this week, guys. Thank you for those of you who forgone going to Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and you've text to give. Remember the numbers, 84321. Text any amount to the word relief, and that, that money will go to help the famine in, in northern Uganda. Church, you're an amazing church. I want to let you know, I, I brag on you often because of what I see God doing in your life, but how you're responding to God. This morning was great evidence of that, that you are saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to him. And that's all we have to do is just keeping our, our arms, arms open, keeping our lives open. We're human beings. We're going to fail, but we just keep pursuing him keep pursuing him. For those of you in life group, pursue it. I know some of you have signed up and and you might be like, oh, maybe I won't go. Get in life group. We grow best when we're in community. Lastly, I'm going to close with this. You'll notice some changes going on. By the way, this will be a church that's always about changing. If you don't like change, you're going to struggle here. Because, because we're always going to be changing because the, the Spirit of God's always doing a new thing. But one of the changes we made is we realized that we want to be, one of our values is generosity, and we wanted to express that. So you'll notice you no longer have to buy your coffee. It's free. It's complimentary. And as we get rid of um, some of the things that we've bought, uh, we might have to pay for some of those things. But in the future you'll notice it'll be 100% of a generous cafe. 
And uh, so this morning, somebody baked some stuff and gave it away this morning. And I had one of those things this morning, too. And I went, whoo, it was so delicious. I, I went into that happy place inside, you know, I was like, whoa, I just took it up a notch. So, all right, I just I, shut this thing down, Mark. Shut it down. Well, I love you guys. As we close the last song, it is 11 o'clock. If you need to scoot out, you guys can scoot out. Um, Don't linger too long without getting your kids. If you have kids there, the kids' workers want you to pick up their kids. um, And so they can get on with things too. So I appreciate you guys. Pursue Jesus wholeheartedly. Amen? All right. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.